You're listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a World Affairs Council conversation with authoritative voices discussing significant newsmaking issues and individuals. Sponsored by Greenberg Traurig, LLP. Casablanca, Marrakesh, and Fez are cities that excite the census, and so it should come as no surprise that Morocco's tourism sector is booming. What may not be as well known to our listeners is that the kingdom's economy is also reaching new heights, as the country's strategic location in West North Africa makes it a gateway to West Africa as well as to Southern Europe. For the last three years, I have served as Morocco's honorary consul for the state of Texas, a privilege. So it is with special pleasure that I welcome to our podcast Her Highness Princess Lala Jamala, the kingdom's ambassador to the United States, a position she has held for just over six months, having previously served as her country's ambassador to the United Kingdom. Welcome, Your Highness. Thank you so much, Jim. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Morocco now finds itself in a neighborhood that has and continues to go through a difficult transition, politically, socially, and economically. And I think here, obviously, of Libya and Tunisia. Yet, that is not to say that Morocco did not feel some of the impact of the so-called Arab Spring. Share with us how His Majesty paved the way for Morocco's continued forward steps towards democracy and wider representation. Well, Jim, let me tell you that we're very lucky to have His Majesty King Mohammed VI as a leader because he's been the force behind everything and he very well dealt with events with a, a lot of maestria and we're very proud of that. Right away, His Majesty realized that something had to be done. So the first thing he did was to have a referendum to modify the constitution of the kingdom, which happened. And so a new constitution is on the table now, and we're dealing with a new constitution. And I think this was really, really helpful. But we have to bear in mind that the process of democratization has started in 1992 by the late king, His Majesty King Hassan II. So it was less difficult. It was really an evolution process. And we didn't have to do everything at the same time. It was gradual because it had started years before mm -hmm. by His Late Majesty. And I think that was a very wise move. You have to bear in mind also that Morocco has always had multiple political parties ever since I can remember. Things had started already. Morocco has really taken a leadership role in training imams throughout Africa and even in other parts of the Middle East because really the if my understanding is correct you really follow a moderate school of Islam the Maliki how is that being perceived and what steps particularly is the kingdom taking well his majesty is uh, bears the title of king of course because he's king of Morocco but more so he is also commander of the faithful and in Arabic, we say Amir al-Mu'minin, not commander of the Muslims. So as such, he's the guarantor of all faiths and has as such to protect all faiths. So if you come to Morocco, you will see, of course, mosques, but churches, synagogues, and everybody is able to practice his own belief perfectly well and perfectly freely in my country. 
His Majesty has, of course, all the posts in government now given to ministers chosen by the prime minister. It's like a bit in France where the majority party is a party of the prime minister, but then sometimes if they don't have a majority, they need alliances with other political parties. The only areas which still are under His Majesty's jurisdiction is, of course, the army. His Majesty is the head of the armies and has a big role and still controls the Ministry of Habus and Islamic Affairs. So as such, has command of all the religious field. And one very, very important thing that one uh, must not forget is that His Majesty is a direct descendant of Prophet Muhammad because of his lineage. He has a big say in religion in my country. It really gives him special legitimacy. Absolutely, because of his lineage also. His Majesty is very adamant to keep our Moroccan Islam extremely moderate and extremely open and therefore has done incredible things. We have actually a religious school where there's the formation of imams, which are religious teachers of Islam. And, and women play a role here too, don't oh, they? Oh yes, we have ladies in there. And I'm actually sure we're the only country in the Muslim world to have Morshidats, lady preachers, because we feel, and, and His Majesty feels, that uh, women can explain religion to women much better than men because they feel more at ease to ask whichever women question. Women can explain a lot of things better than men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we you're, have just another minute kind. or two. And I, and I do want to ask you a bit about the role of women. I mean, you are shining example, obviously. You've served as ambassador to two countries. You earned your master's degree, a graduate degree in the UK. Tell us more about how women have reached this level in the kingdom. When I was a young girl, women had a very important place in Moroccan society. One of the ladies I was in touch with, who very in very close touch with because she was my late aunt, was one of the first women in Morocco to unveil herself publicly. And in that, she followed His Majesty King Mohammed V, her father's, in 47, who wanted to sort of give freedom to women in my country. So I've always been in touch with powerful women, her to start with because she was the closest relative of mine. I've always seen women in different fields in Morocco. You have women doctors, women lawyers, women ministers, women morshidats now. Mm -hmm. Well, the sky is the limit in Morocco for women, actually. His Majesty has, even now, wants to get to a parity between women and men in Parliament. Of course, we also had uh, even under His Late Majesty, women ministers. Mm -hmm. Under His Majesty, we have many women ministers also. We also have advisors of His Majesty. One of the most important advisors of His Majesty used to be a wonderful lady who unfortunately passed away a, a few years ago. For women, I have to say that my country is doing quite well. And it really shows the importance of role models and having a good mentor. Oh, yes. Your Highness, I wish we had more time. I'm so pleased that you're in Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, you're here to give a keynote address tonight at the Dallas Museum of Art for the opening of the Kier Collection of Islamic Art. And I know that there's truly hundreds of people who look forward to hearing your keynote address. Your Highness, what an honor. Thanks for being our guest on Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk. Thank you so much, Jim. And it's indeed a great pleasure for me. 
Thank you for listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. Subscribe and rate Global IQ Minute on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app. For information about a World Affairs Council in your community, visit worldaffairscouncils.org. Global IQ Minute is sponsored by Greenberg Traurig LLP, a global firm with 2,000 attorneys in 38 offices across the globe. Visit the firm at gtlaw.com.